And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and and anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, and there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard, and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I am encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our Boochcast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Boochcast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself 
am not willing to donate to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life. So I went to the club Put on a fresh white suit And a mini cup sitting on dubs I'm just looking for somebody to talk to And show me some love If you know what I mean Hey everybody jacking me as soon as I stepped in the spot I stepped in the spot 200 bitches in the building Ain't none of them hot Ain't none of them hot Except for this pretty young thing That was working all the way at the top All the way at the top what is her name? Who she made us drinks to drink? We drunk and we got drunk and made her think she thinks I'm cool. She gave me a wink, I winked back, and then I think that we hit it off something proper. Looking like a goddamn star, baby. 
so my girl don't see me T-Pain. Can I get those keys to the car? Those keys to the car. The going bang, bang, boogie. My cutie and I see you. Come on, see me drink to drink. We drunk and we got drunk. And now I know she thinks I'm cool. She she What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent, great friend of mine, great mind for wrestling, always a pleasure to have him on the show, but it's even greater that he is here in studio. This is a rarity on The Boochcast, but it does exist, and it's always great when he does. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the one, the only, Mr. John Tumblin. Vinny, Vinny, ladies and gentlemen, as always, Thank you so much for having me back. Vinny, I, uh, let me just apologize to you again in the audience for the past couple weeks. Yeah. It uh, it legitimately has been a crazy, uh, we're going on like 45 days now because uh, I was living in someone else's house because we sold it, but then he gave us temporary occupancy. Uh, we then bought a house, so then, and then we had to give the 86-year-old woman temporary occupancy. So legitimately, there was a week there where Rhiannon and I were actually homeless um, because we sold a house and not had yet bought a house. Yeah. And then and then we had bought a house, but we were living we were living in the house that we sold. It was it, it has been a really weird forty five days. Oh yes. Uh, but as as of recording this, we are in the last week of us being homeless. But like I said, in all technicality, not homeless. I own a damn house. <laughs> I just can't live in it yet. It's nuts, but last week of not living in our house that we own, it's crazy. You know, and it's actually funny. That actually reminds me of when I was eight, when I was like, uh, when I was was a teenager, um, and I worked at Six Flags when I was a kid. I used the money to buy my first car, which was the Honda CRV that my dad owned. Okay, okay. He was getting a new car, and he wanted me to have it, but instead of giving it to me, he thought I would take better care of it or learn more responsibility if he sold it to me. Agreed. So I ended up buying the car from him. I bought by the time I bought it from from him i was like 16 17 but i didn't have a license yet so the car is like i literally i gave him the money the car is mine but i had to wait till i was 18 before it was finally in my possession keys and all so i'm literally staring at this car like i own it but i can't drive it you, not have the you, license yet you can't touch it really. <laughs> exactly it's just there so in a way i kind of know what you mean but and it was actually also i do want to clarify one other thing um i don't know if you saw the the post i made on facebook but i know i don't like obviously i understand what you've been going through. Oh, yeah, I've been yeah, very yeah. understanding. Yeah, very cool with it. it. But on social media and of course on the Boochcast, I'm a comedian. I got to be funny and sarcastic. Yeah. So I posted and I was doing it. And I was just trying to be funny. That's all I was trying to do. I posted like, you know, John is gone again. Again. I'm still by myself. Um, I, I have all those up again. And then next thing I know coming at me like, wow, you're very passive aggressive. That's I'm right. Like, I was like, it's a joke. And then she wrote back to me throwing shade is not cool or something like that. 
Hey, hey, uh, my woman sticks up for me. I, what can I say? That's you awesome, know? dude. That's a that's a good woman in your corner right oh, there. I know. I know that. Like she literally, like she jumped right at me, and I'm like explaining to her, like I was just joking. I'm kidding. John and I have talked about this, but I was like, I was trying to be funny. I didn't oh, do something. I know. You I know. know, dude. Uh, I don't take any offense to it. I mean, I didn't think I'm, you would. <laughs> I'm a fairly chill guy. That, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, so yeah, I just wanted to clarify that for the listeners out there, anybody that thought I was mad at John, I'm not mad at John. I totally understood what he was going through. It was just something that was meant to be funny. But I do look forward to, uh, I know you guys looking moving to that new house. I look forward to seeing it because oh, I, mean, I can't I mean, wait. I mean, Vinny, would it surprise you that even to this day, uh, I've only actually walked in it three times? Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, we The first time was to look at it. The second time was uh, to basically uh, discuss uh, extra or like stipulations to the, like, like finalizing the contract. But that was like a 20 minute walkthrough. And then the very last one was the day we bought the house. We showed up to do the final walkthrough. I've seen that house three times. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, but I can't, so I can't wait to be in the damn house because, you know, uh, it'll be like my first time again. Cause I mean, <laughs> shit. Anyway, NXT tonight. How yes, are you doing? Absolutely. I just wanted to talk about that real quick. Oh no. It's we'll life stuff. Life <laughs> yeah, stuff. Absolutely, man. They want to know what's going on. So we're jumping in here. We got NXT hell of a show that we saw and we kicked things off with our first official match of the evening. Now this was meant to decide who is going to face, um, for the NXT women's tag team titles. We got, uh, the way can uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell have the belt. So who's going to face them? And we got Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. First of all, I understand the ladies NXT women division. It's not like there's an entire like roster here where, you know, you can just, I don't know, pick out of a hat uh, a group of girls to, to be the number one contender here. But Vinny, why in the hell is the NXT women's champion in this match? Why? Go... If, if Shotzi and Ember were going to win, which, sorry, we'll get there, but they won, but not the point here that I'm trying to make. If if Shotzi and Ember were going to win from the get-go, why, why is she out there? Like, I don't understand. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to have the NXT Women's Champion in a number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Like, sh- she already is at the top of the women's game. She has no reason to be in this match throw throw two other random girl throw zoe stark and i don't know somebody throw any other two people here casey cantanzaro and, yeah. and the other girl i don't know throw any other two girls here if shotzi and ember moon are gonna win yeah so like right off the bat that that confused the crap out of me here um otherwise though it was a really good match but uh you watched did you notice the one part when Shotzi landed landed the bulldog slam, and then Dakota Kai basically sat in the middle of the ring for like two seconds, like, um, oh crap, that's not my spot. And then she walked over to the rope and got in like the position like she was about to get six one nine. Oh my god. I... Like I was like, Oh boy, what a they somebody was way off cue on that one. Oh yeah, that's that's usually the disadvantage. That's the one disadvantage about the women's division is that the fact that their timing is off 
a few times. Like they, so, yeah. their timing is not very good. Whether it's moments like this or moments in like the hardcore match they had a while back, and then there was the women's war games where you can clearly hear Ember go one, two, three as they're coming up off the war games thing. It, so that's all. I would say like in general, I've always said, hell, we've always said NXT is the best women's division on the planet. Like they, yeah. they, you, no other division can touch them. You know. So, but their one flaw is a lot of the women aren't don't have good timing in the ring. That's probably their only flaw. Other than that, they're great. Um, but I will say what I enjoyed about the match was the fact that it was very hard hitting. Yes, it was. It, I thought Ember Moon was very impressive in this mm-hmm. match. Shotzi also did very well. And what I also liked about it was if they were going to 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 lose Raquel and Dakota, and at least Dakota Kai got was the one who got hit with the finish. She's the one that lost, which made perfect sense. Raquel Gonzalez, as the NXT Women's Champion, should not be taking a pin or a submission from anybody. Never mind the fact that she's a champion. That's just one reason. Yeah. Her size alone, that all that should not be doing it. Dakota Kai makes perfect sense. But I, to answer your question, the only logical reason I can think of for putting her in this match is because, A, they were the first ever women's tag team champions, but also because there's not a, they, they want to showcase solid tag teams in a women's division. And right now, they're the, they're, there's only like a couple of solid like women that are yeah. like tag teams. Everybody else has just kind of been thrown together. Yeah. Like, they've been a solid tag team for, for a long time. Amber Moon and Shotzi were thrown together when they won the tag belts. But Raquel and Dakota were like a core tag team ever since Dakota turned heel. So you had to showcase that in a women's tag title match in some capacity while you try to figure out, okay, what two women can we just throw together that's going to have that kind of chemistry and make this women's tag team division mean something, which is why I was kind of like, why are they even having this division to begin with? Because I always look at the women's roster, and I and I said this with the main roster too, like, do you have enough women to make this division <laughs> To facilitate this. To facilitate this. Do you have enough women to do this? Are you going to call up enough women? women to do this or do you have women that you're going to bring in for your singles division and then take the women who are not cutting in the singles division throw them together as a tag team and throw them over here because that's what I would do Yeah, because they got a ton of people in that division there's a lot of women that are in that performance center right now training getting ready that are going to if they're not on TV now they're going to be soon apparently there's a talk of a lot of NXT people a, a lot of performance center people eventually getting TV time especially with especially with WWE going back on the road and all that so you, you got to figure something out with that tag team division so they kind of had no choice but to put them in there. So, but what was smart was if Ember and Shotzi are going to go for those belts, then Dakota Kai had to take had to eat the pin. I would have loved to have seen Raquel and Dakota win and have them go for the tag belts. They lose somehow, and 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 this is and and this is a big if because if you're going to split them up, that'd be the best way to do it is have them lose the tag belt, the tag belt match, and then somehow it's it's one of their fault, whatever. So I don't know what's going to happen because I thought after this, oh crap, we can see the beginning of a breakup. But then after the match, they beat the crap out of Ember and Shotzi. Oh, yeah, just beat the crap out of both of them. It was insane. Like, like literally, like, I, like she just gorilla presses Shotzi right, right onto, onto the, the apron. apron. Oh. oh. And then they got, like, and then they have Ember, like, choking her out in the turnbuckle in the corner, making her watch all this. Like, this was a, an amazing, like, post-match beatdown. Probably oh, one of yeah. the best I've seen in a while. Oh, yeah. Just because it was violent and it did everything that a babyface heel thing's supposed to do. The heels beating the crap out of the babyfaces 
faces and making one baby face watch the other baby face get her ass kicked. That is great storytelling when you can do that. Is that it's because that's like the, the the moment where you have sympathy for the baby face. Oh yeah. If because that's the key thing. If a heel is gonna beat down a baby face after the match, you want to have some sort of emotion or sympathy at the end of that beatdown. That's the goal. It's not the goal is not just for the heel to beat the shit out of somebody. It's to beat the shit out of somebody, and then when it's over, you as a fan look at the baby face going, "Oh my god, is he okay? I, are she okay? I can't believe what's happened." Like you're you got that emotional feel. That's why you see moments where like sometimes somebody gets handcuffed to the ring post and has to watch the person get beat up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's creating that emotion of you know feeling sorry for the person because you're basically you know beating the shit out of somebody you care about in front of you. Like, and you can't stop it. You want to stop this, but you physically cannot. Yeah, you're being you held. Just, you're, you're there. There's nothing you can do about this. It's happening, and you and you're forced to watch it. And then when they finally let you go, you finally run over to see if that person's okay, and you're looking back like you're all dead. <laughs> When you see that moment, that's always epic. So I loved the way they did that. And and I'll be honest, the reasons like this and other things I'm going to talk about later in this show is why, I'll be honest, and I'm not just saying this because I'm recapping the show, NXT is really the only wrestling show that I watch from start to finish anymore. Like, wow. I catch the highlights of everything else. But, and that's literally because NXT is doing very few things wrong, but a lot of things right that I see. And it's because I'm seeing storytelling. I'm seeing psychology, which I see some of it on SmackDown. I see none of it on Raw, and I don't even want to talk about the other company. So, oh, okay, wow, all right. <laughs> I don't even want to bring that up because I've been there, done that, and I don't need any more hate mail. So, and then of course, um, after that, we cut to the backstage area with um John's favorite tag team. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> we got uh Timothy Thatcher and um Champa, Champa, just Tomasa Champa. I can't take these. T- God, see, I love the problem is I love Champa. I take Champa seriously, but Timothy Thatcher is a messed up tooth idiot. I just don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like his gimmick. I don't understand. He's not intimidating at all. And uh, I don't know, man. I I have a ha- real real hard time. Uh, I'm. It's not quite like the Miz for you, but I'll tell you what. We're on the road. We are on. <laughs> (laughs) the road to me really just honestly just continuously rooting against timothy thatcher we're getting there yeah um although for you to fully get to where i'm at with the miz though he had to be a dick to you in person that's all i gotta say oh true you have so that so you might get you'll get like 99 percent there but to get that final one percent you would have to meet him in person and him just be a total asshole to you oh god i so i couldn't take him seriously if i if i ever met him in person because he would just he would (laughs) smile at me and i'd be like oh god Here, and here was my thing, and and I and I'm trying to get behind this tag team because it's one of those things where when the bell rings, you're gonna get a good match out of them. It's the promos I'm having a hard time taking seriously, yeah. even from Champa. Because and here's the thing, because I was the guy for months that we would have the Timothy Thatcher discussions yep. and I would keep trying to convince John no 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 he's got something good here something amazing is happening but ever since he's gotten in this tag team I find it harder to defend him yeah like I can't I can defend the Thatcher's Thatch can wrestling school thing just because I know the inner workings of the business and what he's trying to do it's a very Ole Anderson kind of thing because that's literally it back in the day I don't know if they still do this probably not the performance 
Center because there's legal shit going on now. They're a publicly traded company. But in the early days of the wrestling business, that is how they broke people into the business. They pretty much just put you in submissions and hurt you. That was that was your introduction if you wanted to be a wrestler. They put you through an insane training regimen that would like design to punish your body because their goal, it's kind of like, it's like SEAL training in the sense that in the beginning, they're trying to make you quit. Yeah, they, 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 are they try- gotta weed them out. They want to weed out the people that don't belong here. And they also want people that even if you go through this thing and decide, I don't want to be a wrestler, you walk out of there with a respect for the business. Like, these guys are tough. They're not, you know, yes, this is a choreographed show, but these guys are tough guys and badasses because they made you believe they were really badasses that wanted to kill you. So they were very violent in the beginning with you until eventually, then once they realize, okay, you you got through this, you're tough, you at least want to do this, you at least have some respect for this, then they would start teaching you moves, then they would start doing all this other stuff, and then eventually, w- once they realize, okay, you got what it takes to be a star, we're, we want you to be part of our brotherhood, that's when they would smarten you up and tell you, hey, this is a work. So there's a lot of guys, when they first start out, they think it's a shoot, all the way through, until eventually, they would bring some veterans in to work with the guy, and the guy would start hitting the veterans for real, because he thinks he's in a real fight. Yeah. And then eventually, they have to go, okay, 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 okay. Obviously, he didn't tell you this, but we're working here. Yeah, it's a <laughs> work, bro. That's, yeah, that's when they finally have to, like, smarten you up. So I got his gimmick in the beginning. This... I don't know. Now then he turned. He, he was Champa. He turned a corner, and now I'm like my Thatcher thing's going down. Not too low, but low enough to where I'm like I can't defend this. They're they're like the old guys that just put people over. Now is how it feels. Yeah, and I don't like it. Because, I don't either because I respect Champa more than that. Yeah, I mean, and the pro and that's the thing. Like I know Champa has said he doesn't want to go to the main roster, and in a way I can't blame him. You know, I don't blame him for it. But if you stay in NXT too long eventually that's gonna become your spot whether you like it or not because you once you've gone the highest you can go in NXT and they've done everything they can possibly do with you eventually your role is gonna be to help build the next guy to get his chance and maybe Ciampa's okay with that I'm even okay with that because I believe Ciampa is an um, like he is an amazing wrestler he would make other people look great out there with him but I hate the fact that he's paired with Timothy freaking Thatcher. I don't like him. Ugh, but anyway, yes. uh, we have a return here, Vinny. Yes. Oh, we gotta get into this. The next match of the evening, this one was exciting. We have Pete Dunne with Oni Lorcan versus the returning Bobby Fish. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. When they showed those quick little uh, pictures of his elbow after surgery, and it, it honestly looked a lot like elbow uh for those of you guys who don't know when uh fell off her horse at a horse show one time she shattered her elbow and then sliced it uh it it was two surgeries later with a metal rope and a screw in her elbow to fix it but the scars looked like bobby fishes uh you like i mean do you remember like on the show i mean there was there was Four or five, uh, four or five cuts, yeah, and the, the all the stitches in his elbow, like it was hardcore. His injury, and all at the hand of Pete Dunne. Obviously, it's a work, but you know what? What better way to get somebody back? Get, uh, you know. 
get the ring rust off, get back in the ring. And this honestly, Pete uh, Pete Dunn, he's been back in the ring a lot. But Bobby Fish, I'll tell you, sure didn't look like he had any ring rust to me. I think that I think that it's one of those situations where sometimes somebody will heal from a surgery and be like medically cleared, but they don't put them back on TV right away. And partly that's because they want them to get the ring rust off. So there's chance, there's a good chance that during in the midst of everything that's gone down, even the implosion of Undisputed Era, he was probably in the performance center training that whole time. He's probably been in there working out, getting the ring rust off. They try to make sure when you come back, you're ready to be back. Yeah. They want to make sure of that. And they have the ability to do that now with this performance center. So before that, they would just send you to OVW. And you would just be the guy that had to get back in shape by working like their developmental show. And they'd bring you in to kind of bring in an audience. It's like, holy crap, this guy's here? And then that would help the training class get a bigger audience in front of them so they can learn how to work in front of a bigger audience. While the, that guy worked with whoever was in there. And that's how they would train. So that was it was easy to see Bobby Fish not get the ring, get the ring rust off. And also, just to see A, remind everybody how good he is in the ring because yeah. you forget and also the fact that him and Kyle O'Reilly and I mentioned this last week but him and Kyle O'Reilly like still being friends but not being a tag team anymore like this is I think the make or break for Bobby Fish yeah because I'm not trying to anyway I'm not taking anything away from his talent but here are the facts he has been the odd man out in the undisputed era yes he has mostly because he's been injury prone Yep. So, like, we've seen, obviously, Adam Cole, that's a given. We know we know what he's done. NXT champion, everything else. We've seen Roderick Strong have the North American title. He's also done a lot of stuff on his own. He's established himself in a way as a singles guy. Kyle O'Reilly has broken away from the pack completely. Yep. A- amazing. I don't quite like the Orange Cassidy-esque direction he's going. I that That's kind of scaring me a little bit. But he's somehow making it work. Uh, Bobby Fish, this is his opportunity because if Bobby Fish does not capitalize on this opportunity, I see him being involved in the next round of cuts. I truly believe he can be let go because, you know, like I said, with all the injuries he's gone on, most fans haven't seen much of Bobby Fish. You don't see a lot of him because he keeps getting hurt. He keeps getting injured. So hopefully he's changed his style. There's a lot of things Bobby Fish has to do different because this is his opportunity to show, hey, I can draw money and I belong here. Because his wrestling skill alone is not going to keep him here. Because he's not been relevant enough with the fans to skate by on that. There's some people who can. He can't. And if he, if he's not in the undisputed era, he's not as uh, marketable. I, yes. I tr- I truly believe, and that is that is not a that's not a judgment of him or his wrestling ability or talent because he's a very very talented wrestler. But if you're not in the undisputed era, you needed to do something to separate, and the only thing he's done to separate is get hurt. It is a way to separate yourself, just in a very not pro way <laughs> yeah but um awkwardly here uh well I, n- not not awkwardly but these two have a really good match like it was a really good bring back for um fish now i don't think i would have let this match end clean uh for the sake of bobby fish because he i mean i, I think they could have they could have made this a a couple week feud you know what i mean get get him back in put him with somebody notable put get a win under his belt all that but instead uh fish loses to, to pete dunn and then afterwards lorkin kicks the absolute crap out of that surgically repaired elbow and this was actually a pretty good beat down as well after the match but it just you know hap- did not go in bobby fish's way yeah and i think
think that that was not a smart way to go. Because, no. It, yeah. because, and as much as I like Pete Dunne, and I feel like he's really coming to his own, when you're going to hype up a return like this, either Bobby Fish needs to get the win or have it end in a disqualification or something like that. Yeah. Like, th- there should have been no— because cl- now he, he loses clean and he gets beat down. What's my motivation to see Bobby Fish next week? I, I, I mean, someone tell me. I would love to hear somebody tell me, how does Bobby Fish come back from this? Do you do you know what would have been a motivation to see Fish next week? What? Uh, not that we're trying to get the Undisputed Era back together, but I don't know. God forbid people are still friends. Would it not have at least been kind of appropriate for here? Especially with the announcement that happened later in the evening. Would it not have made sense, I don't know, for, I don't know, his former uh, Undisputed Era two-time tag team champion partner, maybe Kyle O'Reilly to come down there and at least stop Oni Lorcan? Yeah. Would have made sense. Just because he helps his buddy doesn't mean they're getting back together. The Shield proved that for the whole last little time frame that they were together. You can come out and help each other without actually being the Shield. Do you know what I mean here? Yeah, I get it. He could have come down and helped his buddy not get his his arm, you know, his surgically repaired arm kicked under the, the the apron. Yeah. I mean, how many times, even after, you said about the Shield, how many times do we see Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns help each other out, but it wasn't a Shield reunion? Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Because they were the two that didn't turn on each other in the Shield at that time. Because Seth was the one that hit them both with chairs and shit. So, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, and obviously Roger can't do it because he resigned. I yeah. still don't know where that's going. Me neither. Like, I, I, I honestly think he may have just retired, but I don't know. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Has he, is this a work? Has he left the business? Is he going to Raw? Is he going to SmackDown? Is he going to AEW? Someone want to tell me what's going on? Because I, I kind of like to know. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. It's his life, but we'd like to have some information yeah. on where that's going. But, like I said, that, that, it was, a, it was a good match, but the execution was not smart. Yeah, and nobody comes down to help fish, so welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. That's your, that's your welcome back. And then, of course, backstage, we cut back there. We see Mercedes Martinez says, uh, the road back to Raquel, she's on the road back to Raquel Gonzalez and the NXT women's title, and it starts tonight. And Boa is in the background watching Martinez. Okay, creeper. Yeah, that was, it's like, dude, you're not Dexter Loomis. No, you're not. You actually look creepy when you do it. And then, of course, um, after that, we cut to the backstage area where Hit Row is putting everyone in the NXT division on notice. Basically, they're coming after all the gold. They're keeping their eyes on all the matches. And if you didn't know, now you know. Well, to be fair, you guys haven't been here long enough to make rem- to, to make some of the remarks that they made. Like, like who who is this other idiot over here calling out, uh, calling out King Cuerno? Like, who the hell are you? King Crano would would kick the crap out of you, dude. You freaking jobber. <laughs> like I don't I, I I don't understand. Like I get they're trying to like like break into the NXT scene, but you haven't been here long enough, so stop. It's yeah. it, it, it's it's weird. Yeah, I mean it is real weird because they like you said they they haven't done much, but you know they're like, again the promos I'm blown away by. Oh no no, they're good promos. Don't get me wrong. It just just slow your roll. They're a little, a little too big for their britches right now. Yeah. I think right now they're just all talk. Yeah. But eventually they're going to get physical. Oh, like, yeah. Like we just saw the, the other, we saw Adonis and the other guy in a tag match. Right, right. And they kicked ass in that. They did. They did. So, agree, agree. So we're starting to see some of that. Then eventually I'm hoping we can see uh, B-Fab, the girl. I want to see her. I want to see what she does in a ring. Mm-hmm. Obviously we know what Swerve can do. Yep. 
And we've seen Adonis as a singles guy before. Mm-hmm. So and here's the thing. It took me a while to realize that was Adonis. Yeah. He looks so different. Yeah, it, yeah. That took me a minute. Because I was like, who is this other guy? And then, some, and then I hear somebody say Adonis. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Adonis? Yeah. Damn. Didn't know he could. Didn't know he had bars like that. So anyway, it, it, so I, I, like I said, I'm loving this faction more and more every week. And, here's, and I love it because all the, because they're so good at promos. They can just sit in that booth and talk. And then when the time is right, have them come out and fight. Yeah. And I, and the best part, and here's the thing, you want to have wrestlers that can do that. And as a wrestler, you want to have the ability to do that because that guarantees that they, in some way, are going to put you on that show every week. Oh, yeah. Because they only have, they have two hours to fill and it's one show a week. So if you're not in a high profile match or you don't have good promo skills, you're going to get forgotten real quick. Not just that, but you're not going to be formatted into the show every week. They are going to be formatted into that show every week, whether they're in the ring or just sitting in that studio. So that's their advantage is they can talk all they want. And then when it comes time, when they're ready after whatever programs they're working, say, okay, how do we fit these guys into this storyline here? And when it's time for that, they'll be all, they'll be out there and they'll be doing more of that and less of this. So it's to me, it's genius. And let's see here. On that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, if we can call it that. Um, Mercedes Martinez versus Zeta Ramir. Uh, I truly believe we can call it a match. Okay. It wasn't quite a job. Like she didn't get an entrance, so she kind of started off as a job, and you know, as a jobber. But uh, she gets a little bit of offense in. But sadly, uh, the most annoying part of this match was how commentary. Oh, she's oh look at Zeta. She beat she out of nowhere beat Tony Storm a couple weeks ago. Great. What has she done in the What has she done in the past two weeks? She lost to the other uh, to uh, to the new Asian girl. Sorry, I forget her name, but anyway, she lost. Uh, and then she loses here. So uh, that uh, that dramatic win against Tony Storm is actually starting to look like a fluke. So. <laughs> It, it is. Do you, do you know what I mean? No, you're like, totally right. Like you're totally right. Tony Storm called it a fluke, and right when it happened, you're like, "Well, Tony Storm can't be." You know what I mean? How gonna be a fluke? She beat you. Well, looking like a fluke here. Uh, but sadly, uh, this match was not even about uh, Zeta Ramir. It was about the post-match. The lights go off. The Boa and Zia Lee vibe happens. And then all of a sudden, something is written in her hand, uh, uh, Mercedes Martinez, on in Chinese. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. It's like the Tian Sha mark or something. Right, right. So, but I don't, we'll have to see what happens of this. Yeah, I think this is going to build to Martinez and Xia obviously having a match. And I think they're trying to work Martinez into a new, into another match because she's already lost to Raquel. So it's going to be a while before she gets back into the title picture. So what do we do with her? Let's put her with Xia So they had to, that was just, she had to have that, you know, I got to beat this jobber win to establish that I'm still a badass despite that loss. I, I, I lost because I lost to another badass. That's the only reason. Uh, and then how do you go from there? Boom, there's the mark. 
So now she's got a potential opponent, and they can build that to the next takeover, which, have you heard about the next takeover? It's the next in your house, man. Yes, and I'm, I'm happy and not happy at the same time. Because the last in your house was not a good takeover. No, it wasn't. And there, I think that was like one of maybe like two bad takeovers. Ever. Like, ever. 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 Like, like, and, like, like, you don't put bad and takeover in the same no. sentence. No, And then in your house showed up. So I'm not real optimistic about this one. But we'll see what card they put together. Although I will admit, a lot of the matches we saw on this show and a lot of the matches we saw last week were should have been on a takeover. So I don't know what the hell they're building to a takeover. Because you put a lot of good matches on free TV. And we're going to get to that soon. But after that, we get to the million dollar face-off. Before Cameron Grimes can get out a sentence, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase's music hits. DiBiase joins Grimes in the ring. Grimes said he didn't grow up with money and he doesn't understand why DiBiase keeps making fun of him. Grimes looked up DiBiase. DiBiase taught Grimes that he could treat people terribly because he has money. Grimes is thankful for that. Grimes says it's true what they say, don't meet your idols. DiBiase says he admires Grimes. He says a little of himself in Grimes. DiBiase is looking for that one person who embodies his million dollar legacy. DiBiase says, since Grimes became rich, he's lost his focus. L.A. Knight interrupts. Knight says he's the man DiBiase is looking for. Grimes says this conversation is for millionaires. DiBiase tells Grimes to let Knight finish. Knight says DiBiase could be the missing piece. DiBiase says he knows Knight and sees his potential. Grimes goes nuts and says Knight has no right to be here. Grimes tells Knight to leave or he's going to kick his butt to the moon. Knight attacks Grimes. DiBiase tells Grimes he still doesn't get it. And then DiBiase does his trademark laugh at Grimes. Uh, first of all, um, we can give LA Knight a microphone every single week. Yes. Uh, and we should give him, uh, well, uh, you know, Eli Drake, wherever. Uh, but he can have a mic every single week. Um, he can be on TV every single week. And, uh, I completely agreed with DiBiase here when he says, uh, LA Knight could really become something in this company. I, uh, I, I, obviously that, that was probably pre-written, but sadly, or not sadly, but, uh, he's very correct he easily could become a huge star in this company um this probably is going to start a feud between la knight and cameron grimes and i'm fine with that because i love cameron grimes and we need to get la knight on tv more absolutely and at first now and like i said before i love i'm a big fan of la knight said it time and time again but there was a part of me in the beginning that was kind of like okay why is he out here for this this has nothing to do with him uh nothing went wrong with the promo but i was just kind of like why is he here for this why why is he involved in this conversation and then I saw something on the internet that gave me the answer because mm. apparently there's a rumor that Ted DiBiase is going to revive the million dollar belt on NXT that would be oh man would that become too many belts though maybe um I know let's see they got we got the we got the NXT championship we got the women's championship we got the tag team titles the women's tag team titles the North American title and the cruiserweight mm -hmm. so that would be seven if they brought on the million dollar belt um normally i would say no but with that it might be a little bit excessive but i don't know if it's a belt that cameron grimes is going to actually defend a lot because you it's not a belt that normally gets defended okay okay it's, it's just it's more like a belt that's showing off like you like for example when stone cold steve austin first came into wwe ever he was called the ringmaster which was a terrible gimmick but austin was fine with it because it was a foot in the door to wwe he knew it wouldn't be permanent and they eventually became stone cold um but he had the million dollar title because dibiase was his manager when he first broke in mm -hmm. then eventually they found a way 
storyline-wise, to get DiBiase away from Austin. Like, he lost a match where if he lost, DiBiase couldn't manage him anymore, and that's how he got it gone. So, they've had that belt. And, of course, DiBiase's had that belt. And he would defend it, like, occasionally when it was, you know, correct to do so. You know, and then, and then the whole thing about it would be DiBiase would either never lose that belt, or if he did lose that belt, it was only a matter of time before he got it back. Mm. He would always get it back eventually, but then someone would beat him for it if it was, like, a big storyline. And it depended on who he was facing. So I think they're bringing the million dollar belt back because it might be something that they might fight for, you know? And and like I said, it was an unsanctioned title. Like it was not, it didn't count towards WWE. You could defend it, but it would just, it wouldn't mean anything. Like it's not going to show up on your career highlights. Yeah. It's not going to. Um, so but uh, so with that, it could probably give a match to Eli Drake and Cameron Grimes, and it could build something to that to give them a good feud. And then maybe DiBiase's like the guest referee or the guy that awards the belt or something, because there was a part of me that thought DiBiase was going to get back in the ring. I thought I was going to see like maybe him and Cameron Grimes in a match. Think so? I thought that at the time. Now, But now I'm starting to see they might be building to that, and it might be for the million-dollar title, so DiBiase can still be involved. But what I loved the most about this segment was was Cameron Grimes, and we've known this since we've we've seen Cameron Grimes. He's been a very comedic character. Yeah. He's great in the ring. His promos are fantastic, but it is very much a comedy gimmick. When he started talking to LA Knight, he got serious. Mm-hmm. Like when he said to the moon in the tone he said it, I literally was standing here going, oh, fuck. Like he means this. Yeah. Like, like. Get the hell out of my ring. I'm having a conversation. It yeah. was it was good. Yeah. Because usually when he says it, he go he he, he over he he over dramatizes. He goes, to the he didn't do that. He literally just went to the moon. And I was like, fuck. I would have got out of the ring. I'm yeah. be honest. I'm like, I'm like, something's wrong here. I'm getting out of the ring. That would have scared the shit out of me. Now, I get but again, then again, I'm I, then again, I don't have a physique of LA Knight, but still, that would scare the fuck out of me. But that I was like, oh crap, what's gonna happen? And then LA Knight hits him and the fight breaks out and everything else. So I thought it was a well done segment by it, everyone involved. M- me too. It was a it was a good break from the action, and it's always good to see a Hall of Famer in NXT because we don't normally get them in NXT, so it's always good. Yeah, especially since they can be used to A, bring in ratings, and B, help get the younger guys over. Because a lot of these legends that are being brought in, they're legends that have zero indication of getting back in the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though there was a part of me that thought maybe DiBiase would, but now it looks like he's not going to, but DiBiase doesn't need to. Like, a lot, that, and that's what's great about it is they bring in guys that... St- Still can talk. That's the key thing. But also don't have a desire to get back in the ring. So they can get they can they can get a ratings pop. But it's also going to be an entertaining segment. Mm-hmm. There's some legends that will bring in a ratings pop, but the segment's going to suck. DiBiase is definitely not one of those people because he's very very good at how he delivers his promos. And then on that note, we cut to the backstage area and we have Indy Hartwell who is looking for Dexter Loomis. Drake Maverick tells Hartwell he saw Loomis in a room a few feet away. Hartwell walks to the room and turns on the lights. The walls are, the walls are covered with drawings of Loomis with a broken heart or with knives in his chest. Hartwell realizes Loomis heard what she said last week and runs out of the room. This, it didn't grab me for a while. Now it actually has grabbed me. 
and I feel bad for her. Uh, obviously, uh, she got tricked. Dexter Loomis got tricked. All this is all gonna accumulate, but it doesn't change the fact that she's the NXT one half of the NXT Women's Champion with Candice LeRae, who is doing all the trickery. So I am curious to where this leads. By the way, we didn't get any Johnny Gargano or Candice LeRae this week. No, we didn't. We didn't. We just got Indy Hartwell from the way or Austin Theory. Kind of a uh, a wayless uh, episode of NXT. Yeah, and nothing against the way, but I'm totally fine with that because yeah. I'm intrigued to see this because, you know, obviously the big story was Indy finally realized that 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 they they that Dexter Loomis wasn't sending flowers to other girls. Right. And she finds out that it was on Candace's credit card. And I got to hear you talk about this cuz I've already mentioned it. She was so mesmerized by the fact by knowing that Dexter still loves her, she didn't realize your tag team partner just set you up. Yeah. What in the fuck? She just she just ran out of that massage room like it like Candace like it didn't matter. I'm sure it's going to come up. But for right now, she's in the whole like love struck that it's it hasn't quite hit yet. Um, but anyway, uh, Vinny, we have a debut. Yes, we do. And ladies and gentlemen, I have been waiting for this debut. I am so excited we finally got to see it. It is Frankie Monet versus Cora Jade. Frankie Monet, aka Taya freaking Valkyrie. Yes, dude, this is this is NXT is just becoming lucha. It's weird, and I like it. Um, but the other the other like basically OGs of lucha are all on AEW. It's like half of them went to AEW, and half of them went to NXT or WWE, and the rest went to MLW because apparently they're doing this thing called they have another thing they're doing called Azteca Underground, and they're and on the season finale of MLW, they announced that Dario Cuerto runs Azteca Underground. Oh my god! So, so they're li- so it's like half all the half the stars went to AEW, the other half went to NXT, and whoever's left over is basically in this Azteca, Azteca Underground. Underground. <laughs> well, anyway, we we do finally get the debut of Frankie Monet, aka Ty Valkyrie. Uh, it. It was a little more than if you can call it that, but uh, of course, uh, the other her other opponent gets a jobber entrance. No music, she's already there, and uh, Frankie Monet correctly picks up the win here, looking very good. Uh, commentary, we're putting her over real hard here. Yes, and I, and as and as one of the things I mentioned before, despite how people might have thought about the gimmick, I knew when the bell rang, we were going to see Taya Valkyrie. Like despite the Frankie Monet stuff, the dog. The uptight gimmick, the Paris Hilton without the drugs thing that she's doing here. I knew when the bell rang, Loera Loca is going to is going oh, to yeah. be oh, Miss yeah. Ratch. And surely enough, it was. She's still doing the road to Valhalla, but I don't know if they said it or not. If that's still Ooh. the fame and finisher, or if they changed it. I don't remember if they call it. I, I'm gonna have. I'll have to watch the highlights to see if commentary actually calls it that. But but she's still doing it. Yes, the the, the actual move she did is the road to Valhalla. But the question is, are they still calling it that? Or are they giving a different name? Because sometimes they change names of finishers to trademark stuff, like they do with names. Like that's why she's being Frankie Monet, and why I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Because that way, if she ever leaves and goes somewhere else outside of the WWE umbrella. She can still be Taya Valkyrie. She can keep that name. And it's that's why some people might not like name changes that wrestlers get, but it's a smart thing for them to do in WWE because 
because once WWE trademarks a name, it's theirs. Yeah, I know. It is theirs. And you, you're not going to get it back. So you can either roll the dice or change your name. And mo- some wrestlers have gotten away with having their original names and still going with it. Others have gone the route of changing it because they want to keep it so they can go somewhere else and keep their name. So it's, it's a smart plan. Out of curiosity, Vinny, how does that work if you use your actual name? That's the one thing that uh, that's how you get around it. That's if you how, use your legal name. That's uh, so so technically when Matt Riddle wasn't wasn't freaking Riddle like he is right now, which I think is stupid. But anyway, like in NXT when he's Matt Riddle, like you they can't trademark your legal name. No, yeah, they're they're, they're, they're yeah trademarks have, are very strict on certain things they do, and there's a lot of laws around it. Like you, that's a legal government name. They're not gonna let you trademark a name that technically belongs to the government. Yeah, because that's why they call it a government name. Like the government, I guess that's a government name. Like that's that's what the government. So, you know, that's why, you know, Kurt Angle, that's his legal name. Yeah. John Cena, that's his legal name. So they can get away with something like that. AJ Styles, that's his legal name. You know, I mean, technically it's Alan Jones, but AJ, whatever. So it's it's a legal name. They can get away with it. Certain other names they can kind of keep or not keep or whatever. But WWE is kind of light on it now as far as names and stuff, unless it's a name that they solely created on their own. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, that's why when Steve, when Steve goes off and does other things he's Steve Austin he he owns that part but the Stone Cold belongs to WWE because he was Steve Austin before he came to WWE yeah because he was stunning Steve Austin on the indies and WCW and everywhere else before he later came to WWE and then he brought back the Steve Austin just added Stone Cold in front of it or you know like The Rock you know D- Vince owned that name for a long time but eventually Dwayne bought the rights to it so he could go around other movies or if he was doing movies where WWE was producing it he can call himself The Rock but then once Vince stopped producing movies and The Rock started doing his own movies he went by Dwayne Johnson because he couldn't bring that Rock moniker with him yeah. and in the beginning he didn't want to because he didn't want to be taken seriously as an actor but then he realized first of all I am a fucking actor and second of all why am I hiding from this I am The Rock yeah. and that's when he started coming back to being The Rock yeah. but before he tried to distance himself from wrestling as much as possible because he wanted to be taken seriously as an actor and he felt that if he had the wrestling background no one would take him seriously as an actor which makes zero fucking sense to me but whatever so it's a smart move for her to be Frankie Monet and plus you know it makes sense because like I said the dog they have in that and vi- those promos is their actual freaking dog yeah yeah that yeah. her and John Morrison have so it's not like it's not like she's creating a gimmick that she doesn't already have she's just not Taya so it works it, it, some, she's finding a way to make it work for her and all we need to do is see her in the ring now that we, now that people have seen her in the ring I think now people will get behind Frankie Monet because now they know okay regardless of how I feel about this goofy ass gimmick she can wrestle she can wrestle when the bell rings I'm gonna see a match so let's see what the character does and I think once people get used to it it'll be great and then we cut to an in-ring segment with Bronson Reed the new NXT North American champion Reed said it took 14 years to get here Reed fell and got back up over and over again on his road to the North American championship. Reed's win proves that with hard work, you can achieve anything. Reed had a big mountain to climb, but anyone who wants to take the title from him has a colossal one to climb. Legato Del Fantasma interrupts. Escobar says Reed's speech brought a tear to his eye. Wild, Escobar and Mendoza pull out tissues and start mockingly wiping their tears. Escobar wants the North American Championship. Legato surrounds the ring. MSK hits the ring and stands with Reed. MSK and Reed fight off Legato. Look, all this being said, I don't care about MSK. Look, the only thing I cared about here was 
we we get Ty of Valkyrie right before this, and then we get King Cuerno coming out here, challenging Bronson Reed for the NXT North American title. You and I have already discussed on this podcast, King Cuerno is beyond the Cruiserweight Championship. He is ready to at least be in the conversation for the North American Championship. He is awesome. He has the figure for it, and he has the gimmick. Awesome. I I love I love the fact that Bronson Reed's first feud is is with King Cuerno. Yeah, it, it's great. It's awesome. Like this is like the Emperor of Lucha Libre. Yes, which I love that he said that. Like, just the promos were phenomenal. This is going to be a good match. And it's so good, I almost don't want it to happen this early. I know. That's that's the thing. Because I'm worried, like, Bronson Reed, like I said, it took 14 years for Bronson Reed to get this title. He won the title 14 years to the day that he had his first match ever in wrestling. So, I don't know how long they want this reign to go. But if, I, I'll say this right now, regardless of, of how long his reign is, I have no objection to Cuerno taking the belt. No, None. well, this match needs to be at TakeOver. Yes. Like, they can have TV matches... Like, like I think next week they announced there's like uh, it's uh, Elgato Del Fantasma, the three of them versus Bronson Reed and, and MSK. That's fine. Yeah, like th- that's a totally fine TV match. You know, uh, get our palettes ready for the takeover match for the actual North American title between Reed and King Cuerno. That I'm fine with. But they need to actually extend this to where we get a real takeover match. Yeah, because I don't want this to be a TV match. It, it deserves more than that. Exactly. Exactly, like I and like and like I've said before, they put a they put a lot of good shit on TV already, and you have a takeover coming up. And and to my knowledge, it's June thirteenth. That's what I think it is. I think June thirteenth is takeover in your house. And if you put all the good shit out here, what am I gonna see on this takeover? So something's got to build to that, and this has to be the first thing they build to because they haven't built anything else yet. So I want to see that moment now. If Gargano was still the North American champion, and it was gonna be him against. Cuerno, I know for a fact Cuerno would take that belt. No oh, question. Yeah. No question. Right now it's 50-50 because they're doing something here with Bronson Reed, but at the same time, uh, Legato, I feel like they're ready to, to have to have at least three quarters of the belts here. So if I, I know this much, if Cuerno does not take the North American title, the other two are definitely going to be tag team champions. So I don't, are they ready to make all three of them champs? Or are they going to start off with the tag belts and eventually Cuerno gets the belt later? I don't know what's going to happen, but either way, this this got me excited. Yes, I could I could have did without MSK, but I'm willing to overlook that because this was too good a segment. And on that note, um, oh yeah, and of course, Beth Phoenix goes. That looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just now saw that on the Twitter because that's similar to her glam slam move that she does. And then of course we have um, the uh, three remaining members of, of Imperium. Imperium. Yes, and of course. Course, they're talking about the ring general giving his orders. The mat is sacred. All that stuff. I don't know. How do you feel about Wolf getting kicked out? Uh, I think they've kind of been teasing it anyway with um carrying or not carrying cross. I'm sorry. Uh, the Beast of Belfast. Sorry, I'm having a brain fart. Yeah. Um, um Killian Dane. Killian, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Killian Dane. Uh, yeah, don't feel bad. I've had three this so far on this episode. <laughs> so <laughs> these uh, names I'm supposed to remember, and I'm like, fuck. Why are they not coming I, to my head? Uh, but uh, yeah, I I honestly think they're they might be trying to either put make them a trio with Drake Maverick like Killian Dane, Alexander Wolf, but as far as I'm concerned, that's just scuffed sanity. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just sanity minus uh, um, Nikki, Nikki and Eric. Yeah, Eric Young. Drake would probably fill the Eric role. 
yes, uh, the the leader who never is actually an actual leader. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. And then, of course, we have the announcements for next week. Uh, Regal announces that we will see on next week's episode a triple threat match to crown a new number one contender for the NXT Championship. Uh, Pete Dunne will face Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. So I believe that's a triple threat match for the NXT Championship. The winner will face the NXT Champion at TakeOver In Your House. So we are building to something. Yes, we are. So here's the big question. Which one you think is going to TakeOver? Oh, uh, initially, uh, it's Pete Dunne. Yeah, that's probably my thought, too. Um, I mean, it's either him or Gargano. I don't see Kyle getting another match with um, no. Karrion. No, uh, it's... I don't think Gargano needs to. I honestly think it's going to be Pete Dunne. All right. And on that note, we have the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship. Karrion Cross defends the title with Scarlett against Finn Balor. Okay, first of all, they open the episode with a big fight, a big fight, like, promo. Yes. We get the longest entrances we can because this is a championship match. Balor said it right. Big fight feel, big, big fight match. You know what I mean? And these guys honestly delivered from the beginning to about 99%. And I think that's where you and I are going to spend most of our time here because now I'm not taking away from this match. These guys, this was a great technical match. Uh, the crowd, the, the crowd, you get a light. This is awesome chant because it's still like a quarter of the normal crowd. Yeah. And this match completely and utterly deserved the this is awesome chant. Honestly, it was it was an amazing match. If you haven't watched it, please go watch it. But the thing that you and I immediately discussed when I walked in the house tonight to to record this was what the hell was this finish? <laughs> Like, what the hell is NXT? Like, why make this decision? I Here's the thing. And obviously, from a booking standpoint, I understand why they do this. Right, right. Now, apparently, this the cross jacket is Balor's, uh, I mean, no, Cross's finisher. It's Karrion's finisher. So, on the one hand, I get why he's doing the move. But my thing is this. The passing out is something that has been overdone, not just in NXT, but in WWE in general. Like, whether it's Karrion Cross choking people out continuously, or on the main roster, Roman Reigns using the guillotine choke to take out every wrestler that he's facing. The problem is, the choke out is designed to keep a storyline going. Yes. It's supposed to design, okay, I, I, you did not pin me, I did not give up, you just had to choke me out. I went till my body went completely limp, and I just could not go anymore. So you can say, I never gave up. I didn't quit. And it's a way to keep the feud going. The problem is they're using it, when you use it too much... It, it does more harm than good. Like, at some point, you gotta have some decisive victory. Someone's gotta be pinned in the middle of the ring. Somebody's gotta tap out. And as far as I'm concerned, Balor should have tapped out. Yeah, this, look, it was it a decisive victory? Uh, on paper, yes, it will say carrying cross, winner by submission. Got it. Understood. Doesn't change the fact that they, like, carrying cross could have just done his other finisher and then pinned Finn Balor. He's gonna lose fucking anyway. Like, if you've already predetermined he's losing, 
don't make him go to sleep. Pin him. Make it clean so we can end this feud. Was That was the whole point of this match. Ending the feud between Balor and Cross. So don't end it like this. It, it was a terrible booking of the finish to what was what was in total like a really good match but they they just screwed this up at the very end just just pin in one two three and end it exactly and the thing is you've already decided you have a number one contenders match for take for the next one to take over balor is nowhere near that match so why does balor need to be protected and that's what i don't get it's like balor tapping out is not gonna make him weak in this regard why because he's been a two-time nxt champion he's been a very dominant champion up until up until the moment he lost longest the reigning nxt champion in history yes longest reigning nxt champion like he's had that moniker although adam cole did break it did he break it again with he his broke it again he broke it again okay so now longest reigning nxt champion so you bal already has multiple accomplishments so having him tap out to carry and cross helps get carrying over because the odds of balor getting a third nxt NXT title are slim to none and nor should he because you've got people now that you can bring in that can be stars in NXT like Balor was perfect to fill a void and let's be honest the only reason he got the NXT title was because his UK title match was canceled due to COVID that's the only reason Balor wasn't even going to touch that belt originally and now with everything starting to get back to normal WWE going back on the road I don't know internationally if, if things have changed I know so far they haven't because Cena wasn't at Wrestlemania because he was in Vancouver making that piece maker show so he couldn't travel so i don't know what the travel restrictions are but if they're starting to open up or you can go to britain send Balor on a plane to britain rekindle that feud with walter and give him that uk championship because jesus christ walter's had that belt since i was a kid it feels like walter walter has had that belt for a a very very long time like it's getting to be an like it's almost like like hulk hogan bruno san martino bob backland level yeah it's it's getting to we're we're past oscar yeah yeah we are we're we're past Asuka and we're we are working our way towards Hulk Hogan here. Exactly. Yeah. We're getting to that that where it's getting that long. Like Jesus Christ. So at some point, like have Balor go over there, establish that, maybe build a fan base for the UK, because Balor's big over there, and then NXT in the States will be good over here, and then eventually Balor can circle his way back. But there's not but there's no reason for Balor to not be decisively clean beaten in this match. Agree. And again, it's it's one of those things where the match is great, but the finish is what the fuck. So really that's the only issue. Because outside of that, because before leading up to that, match was great. Oh, it's great, man. Like the it was hard hitting, very few spots, which is again what I love about NXT. The fact that when I watch it, I'm not seeing spot, 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 spot. It's not a flip fest. Balor flip maybe once or twice tops, but it's like Balor learned. Okay, I can flip, but he's now learning when to do it, picking his spots, picking his moments. So when he does it, you actually do go, whoa, holy shit. So that's what I love about it is that these guys in NXT, they're learning. Like these are guys that are learning this shit. They're paying attention. They're, you know, they're they're being coachable and it's working. Like it's showing that it shows the old school method is there for a reason and it works for a reason. Like, again, that's why I love, that's what I really love. What I love about NXT is the fact that they're doing what wrestling should be doing which is here's the old school here's the new school how do we mix this together nxt is how you mix it together 
You got maybe, like I said, you've had very few moments in NXT where you're just like, what the fuck? And with this, it was the finish, not even the wrestling. Yeah. yeah it was it just was, It was finish. the decision on the finish. Yeah. Balor should have tapped out. He had no, like, why? You, you, you've you already established Balor is not getting another title shot. It's either going to be Johnny Gargano, it's going to be Pete Dunne, or it's going to be Kyle O'Reilly. One of those three men is going to take over. If Balor's not in the conversation, have him tap out, send him send him off somewhere else, and, ca- and let Karrion Cross be like, TikTok, I want to fight. That's all we needed. And uh, unless you got something else to say, I think we about wrap, ready to wrap this up. That, ladies and gentlemen, is NXT. Absolutely. And uh, John, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, man, to join me on the show. Uh, of course. Of yes. course, my friend. Uh, next Tuesday, I'm probably letting you know now, uh, my pod is delivered at the new house next Tuesday. I won't have a TV, um, and I might have internet. So next week, Probably not gonna be here, but I but uh, that should be the last week that uh, I am lacking a TV, internet, any other reasons or sources to watch NXT. So you either you either might be solo next week, or you know you might recruit one of the other uh, one, one of the other boys. Yeah, or if you or hey, you know, and, and I'm just giving an invitation. I don't know how far your new house is from here, but if you want to make the drive down, feel free. It's it's not that I don't want to make the drive, because uh, I would come over to watch it, but uh, I'll. Tell you I uh well seen as how you also just helped somebody move uh you know how frigging exhausted you are after oh god doing it. so uh as much as I appreciate the offer I I'm gonna move all the crap into my house and then fall asleep wherever I can fall I don't blame you yeah. <laughs> like I said I help I helped some people move so I don't blame you I get it completely all right and that ladies and gentlemen will wrap up the recap of NXT uh make sure you guys are following the Boochcast we are on Anchor Spotify Breaker and Google Podcast. Pick your favorite spot. Follow us there or follow us on all four if you want to. Either way, you're helping out the show. Also, make sure you guys like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great, amazing content. In fact, the latest episode of Complain Time dropped with a special guest. Uh, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott, was on Complain Time. So make sure you guys check that out. Hopefully his co-workers have not killed him yet because uh, that was a very controversial one for him. Also, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter and Instagram. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos on our social media pages. Check them out. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel because the YouTube content, ladies and gentlemen, is growing. We got a lot of great stuff up there. We have our wa- we have our watch parties. Uh, we got the one shot D and D that Elvis uh, Desmond did a while back. Uh, that was insane. Of course, Boochcast reviews Dark Side of the Ring. Check out all the episodes. We got a bunch coming soon. We're gonna have the uh, the Brian Pillman episodes are coming soon. We've got the Nick Gage episode coming soon, and John will be making a return soon because. We're going to be doing the collision in Korea yeah, very soon. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, please, please don't forget Twitch. Twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. Twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. Yes, that's where we have our, our wrestling watch parties and our D&D show that's coming soon. It's in the works. We, we talk about it all the time, but we we are promising you it's coming. No, like, and I, I do apologize to the listeners. As long as you guys have been waiting and as long as we have been talking about D&D, uh, I, I, I promise I want also to play D&D. We just, ha- don't, we haven't had it to, we haven't had a place. I haven't had a house. 
So now that I have a house this week, uh, it is uh, we are definitely closer and closer to the time we're actually be able to record session one. Oh, session man. one of the Boochcast D and D is coming. Yes. Um, I hope everybody's ready. Um, it's it's gonna be. Let's just. Uh, it's gonna be an adventure, ladies and gentlemen. Gonna, it it's... will be an adventure. Yes, it's gonna be an adventure with a few surprises. Uh, one in particular we can't mention it yet. The team knows about it but we can't tell you guys just yet but when we do it's gonna blow your freaking minds and also that's where now twitch is where you can see the shows live that's where we do the live watch parties and the live DD where you can interact with us during the show on youtube it is archived so if you comment on the video we'll reply to it but we won't be able to chat live with you on the youtube channel so if you want to get your comments heard you really want to join in on the real life action you got to go to twitch as far as watch parties go our next one is going to be august 22nd because WWE SummerSlam is coming. So unless they change the date of SummerSlam, August 22nd is when that's going to be happening. So make sure you guys are following us on Twitch for the latest Twitch content. And of course, you can support the show in a brand new way. We talked about this uh, on the Monday show, but we just found out Anchor has a way where you can help support the show. And one of the options that we have here is you can become a supporter through Anchor. How it works is uh, there are three different sections where you can do a monthly contribution. Now, as far as rewards for this, we're going to be coming up with some uh, because we're changing this whole dynamic here. But basically, you have three options. You can support by donating 99 cents a month. That's the lowest one they got there. The second option is $4.99 a month, which is basically how much you would charge for a Peacock subscription. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the last one is... Is $9.99. So if you if you're somebody that played for the WWE Network on a monthly basis, you can literally take that WWE Network subscription, especially if you live in the United States, because we don't have the network anymore. You can take that $9.99, put it over here, because you'll get a just as entertaining, if not more entertaining, show out of us if <laughs> you want some of the stuff on the network. So that's the best way to contribute to the show now is to go to anchor.fm slash the boochcast slash support. And you can pay with a credit card or use GPay if you use GPay. Um, I personally don't, but if you do, that's an option. Or you can just pay with a credit card. And like I said, it's $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, $9.99 a month. And those are your options. And like I said, we will be coming up with special rewards for each section. Let's go. We'll do. So like I said, you guys, you support us. We'll give that support back to you. But Anchor is now the new spot where you can support the show. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.